Hey everybody, we're the Mentormers. I'm Jamie. I'm here with my co-host Gabe. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Happy uh, uh, mid-July. It is... I'm schwitzing. It's hot today. Yeah. It's nice out. Uh, it finally feels like, you know, decent summer, not crazy hot. Um, you know, I'm sure it'll get get worse and worse as August goes on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, getting out there, uh, playing a little golf here and there when we yep. can squeeze it in. Uh, you and I haven't been out to play together in a while, unfortunately. No, um, we have not. Um, been but, meaning to, but but we have not. What can you do? Um, yeah, we got an exciting show for everyone. Uh, Gabe, you want to tell us a little, tell everybody a little bit about the interview that we have coming up at the end of the show? Yeah, we have sort of a special uh, uh, guest mench warmer today. Last week, uh, I did a collaboration interview with Alan Bessner of our sister podcast, the CJN Daily, interviewing recent 40th overall pick in the NHL draft and very proud, young, nice Jewish boy, uh, Andrew Crystal. Yeah. Um, out of, of, the, uh, of now recently of the Washington Capitals and Kelowna Rockets. Right. Uh, kids from Vancouver originally um, and, you know, picked pretty high in the draft. Pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. His, Washington's uh, his, got a real chance to be a real, you know, Jewish sports town between uh, him and Danny of Dia, who, who the Wizards do a lot of, uh, you know, Jewish press about, like Hebrew language press, stuff like that. Uh, that that's oh, absolutely. pretty exciting. Um, I don't think there are any Jews on the Washington Nationals right now or on the football team. Um, although their know, Jewish yeah. owner was just forced to sell them. So, That's true. Uh, uh, you know, there's one less. We've got one Jew in Washington sports replacing one that is probably rightfully <laughs> being ousted. Well, the uh, the new owner of the Commanders is also Jewish, right? Because it's uh, it's the guy, I forget his name, but he is the owner of the uh, of the 76ers, right? I think it's um, Levin. Or, yes, and uh, he is also a, a Jewish guy. Josh Harris, is that who I was thinking of? Maybe, maybe I was wrong on that. Josh Harris is the businessman investor. Yes. Who is part of the ownership group of the Steelers. And the 76 ah. that's his thing. Uh, he led it. No, he led a group to to purchase the Washington Commanders. That's right. Yes. And okay. and is he Jewish? Yes. Yes, absolutely. The Commander's new um, mascot is a pig named Major really? Teddy. He is an anthropomorphic pig in a combat helmet, sort of because players on the previous Washington football team were nicknamed the Hogs. So that's a little uh. trafe, even if the new ownership is Jewish. Well, they were discussing whether or not the new ownership would change the name from Commanders, which has only been for like two seasons. I guess there was one season of it being the Washington football team. I say go back to football last year. Just with the logo. I think football team's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. And like let a let a nickname develop organically. You know what I mean? Like teams didn't all have nicknames back in the day. They were just like, oh, those guys are wearing red socks. What if we call them the red socks? You know, stuff like that. Or those guys are also wearing red socks. What if we call them the reds? You know, like that was like <laughs> right. the way baseball team, you know, like, like the pirates are like, they kept stealing players from other teams, right? Like yeah. they, were, they were called the pirates. So I think a, a, an organic development of a, of a sports team name is, is exciting. So just to go back, the the list of teams that Harris Blitzer now owns, now that they own the Washington football team. Um, so it's a partnership, Harrison Blitzer. They own the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. The New Jersey Devils. Crystal Palace FC in England. Okay. The Cleveland Guardians. Right. Uh, the uh, Joe Gibbs uh, NASCAR racing team. Wow. Um, Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. <laughs> and uh, uh, Rail Salt Lake of the MLS. Wow. So they own a lot of things. Why is it called Real Salt Lake? It's not Royal. And also they're not in Spain. Why is it called Real? I, that doesn't make any I mean, sense. 
it is the Spanish title Royal. It's sort of, they chose that because they wanted it to be simple, simple and sort of, I guess, like a European style thing. I mean, they could have called it Real Salt Lake, you know, pronouncing it in English. Um, but they are going sort of rail. Well, no. I, you know what? They, they, why are they called the Utah Jazz? Okay, but that's a different. Well, yes, that is a also. So this is just joining in the tradition of of uh, Salt Basin area uh, misnomer soccer, soccer or misnomer sports teams, I guess. Then because exactly, right, it, it just doesn't make any sense because it's like it's like if um, I don't know, I can't even think of another example that's called Real, like Royal. It, it, it's in a different language. Like it doesn't make any sense to not translate that. But and there's nothing royal about it. Like real Real Madrid, I assume was some sort of you know royal patronage association or something like that. And their logo is a is a crest. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, have any have any kings or or princes or dukes ever played for the Kansas City Royals? I'm sure they've had a player named Duke back in the no, day. No, but the Kansas City Royals is named after something else. I think it's named after after like something that was called the Royal something in Kansas City. Um, uh, Royal Blue, I think. You think it's named after the color, um, like the Red Sox? Uh, well, uh, it could be. It could very, very well be. Um, oh, they're named for the type of cow that is it is farmed in Missouri. Okay. So there you go. Yes, exactly. Anyways, um, it appears I can't right now find any members of the Kansas City Royals history who are named King Duke <laughs> or um uh. Or I guess Jack. There's definitely Jack. Yeah. Jacks who've played for the sure. Royals. Um, I can think of Buck Martinez being one whose real name is John, who might also be Jack. I don't think he goes by Jack um, if he also goes by Buck. I think that's that's too many nicknames. No, that's Buck is just yeah. the regular one. Anyways, uh, mm. let's move on to talk talk a little bit about some Jewish sports news before we get to the interview uh, that you and Ellen did with Andrew Crystal. Um, off the top, one thing I wanted to highlight: uh, it's been a big, big week for the Galoff family. Uh, the brothers Jake and Zach Eloff. Uh, people might remember Zach as a member of Team Israel. Uh, he has long mm-hmm. been a, a, a you know a, a highly ranked prospect in the Oakland Athletics organization, and he made his MLB debut this this week. So uh, he was, as people noted, um, the 18th Jew to play in the major leagues this year, which is very exciting. Yep, um, and, and ostensibly a, a new record, and obviously a significant number. Uh, for those those doing their numerology at, at home. Um, so very exciting for him. Uh, he's gotten into a few games already. Uh, he's gotten his first RBIs, which is which is great. And two stolen bases on the season. And a stolen yeah. base. Stolen bases as well. Yeah. So, you know, not a lot of fun being on the A's right now, I think. But nevertheless, he's he's part of their future. He's a, he's a prospect and, and he's a guy who can contribute. You know, not a very um, – n- not a very uh, uh, highly touted guy, I think, out of high school. But – it was eventually picked in the second round uh, by the A's. I, I, I think he he was drafted by the A's uh, in the second round mm-hmm. and, and made his debut and, and also contributed, you know, at the World Baseball Classic with Team Israel. Uh, I think he's played on Team Israel in a few situations. I can't re- recall if he was on the Olympic team, uh, but he has been, a, you know, definitely a contributor. And we should say uh, that's not the only thing that happened to the family because his younger brother, Jake Geloff, was also picked in the second round uh, of the Major League Baseball's amateur draft this year. He was picked 60th overall. Um, uh, and, and you know, who picked him? Maybe the most historically Jewish team in 
in Major League Baseball. This is an argument we could probably have, um, you know, if we get any of our Angelino friends back on the show, um, but picked by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, So very exciting for him. You know, he's a 21-year-old. He had had a really solid career at the University of Virginia, um, so time for him to come out. And uh, I I believe he signed. Uh, I don't think there was any issue about that. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, college players usually sign without too much issue. Um, So probably, you know, based on if you want to use his older brother's uh, debut as a trajectory. We're we're not going to see Jake in the in the in the big leagues for at least another two years. I would say, like you know, he's he, he's a college player, so he has some he has some uh, some polish to him already. I'm sure, but uh, probably another year or two at least before he he's able to make his debut either for the Dodgers or, or somewhere else. So very exciting. You know, we're probably going to see them as as the first. Uh, I believe will be the first brothers to play for Israel at the same time. Uh, in the 2026 WBC, so that would be exciting. I think so. That it would be it would be very very cool to see a pair of brothers suit up. Yeah. Um, similarly, you know, on on speaking of other Team Israel members uh, making their major league debuts, our former guest Spencer Horowitz made his major league debut. I think since we've talked about that. Um, yeah, that's true. Had a couple of games and and then uh, back down in the minors, but he'll be back soon. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, you know, it, and it, people have been talking about potentially as a trade, uh, as somebody might get traded as uh, a high, you know, Jewish, sorry, decent prospect for, for the Blue Jays in terms of who they have available uh, and somewhat blocked right now, obviously, by, by Vladdy Guerrero and Brandon Belt. Uh, but, you know, we really look forward to Spencer having more of a, an opportunity to, to contribute, whether it's with the Jays or elsewhere. Um, there are a few other Jews picked in the in the MLB draft as well. Um, Zach Levinson was picked 158th overall. Uh, you can see all of them. I think there's a full list on on Jewish Baseball News's uh, website. They they do you know real real yeoman's work. I've, I've I've shouted them out before about really you know identifying people. You know they've reached out to people very well and uh, try to get the inside information. So um, you know exciting exciting. You know as as we always say with drafts, it's exciting and you know we may not have to uh, think about or you might not have the chance to think about or see some of these guys for a few years. Right? It's always you know hurry <laughs> hurry up and wait. Um, but still exciting, you know, that, that there's these guys who were drafted and, you know, uh, will will add to the Jewish rosters uh, in the next few years. And exciting, I think, as well for Team Israel, because it's more it's more identified players who, who can be reached out to and, and recruited for Team Israel in the future. Totally. And it's also very cool to see people, you know, as, as we talk about the point of this podcast, so many people caring about how many Jewish prospects there are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a good number that continue to grow. Um, and, and, you know, we're following it, we're keeping everyone abreast, but special thanks to everyone else who's keeping us honest and and keeping track of this as well, because, you know, the, the spirit of caring about who's Jewish in the baseball draft lives on related to that. We sort of have a disappointing Mike Jacobs all-star, um, to bring you guys today. Jamie and I were discussing this earlier up until today, we were mistaken and found out that, uh, Baltimore Orioles number two prospect Cade Povich is neither related to Maury Povich nor Jewish. I thought I had seen that he was before, but I guess I was mistaken. Um, but yeah, good Mike Jacobs all-star. I'm sure when he gets called up to the bigs, uh, people will be wondering that and, and asking on Twitter. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we want to preempt the Cade Povich questions. Um, he's got sort of the cross emoji in his social media bios. Right. Usually a sign that someone does not is not a member of the tribe often. Um but he could surprise us yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about youth, there's there's another shout out I want to give to uh, Israel's under 20 basketball team, uh, which was uh, participating at the FIBA U20 European Championship. Uh, this is the sort of biennial, you know, youth tournament. 
for for men twenty. I think it's actually, I think they actually go up to twenty one or twenty two, um, or, or maybe only twenty now. But there's some rules about that. Uh, but Israel came in second. They they lost to France in the finals, uh, but a really solid run. Um, Israel has had a lot of success at the at the FIBA U twenty before. They won back in uh, twenty nineteen and twenty eighteen as well. Um, they, that was their, um, in 2019, I think that was when they hosted it in, in Tel Aviv. Um, but this Mm -hmm. time was in, um, was in Greece and, you know, Israel really took down some, some very solid teams. Like it beat Israel, beat Spain. Um, they beat Germany on their way to, uh, the finals. Uh, and those are some real, you know, powerhouses of, of basketball. So, uh, you know, exciting to see Israel continue to show at a at an international level for basketball, and those are guys who, uh, you know, maybe not uh, quite uh, uh, pro ready yet, or, or you know, just starting out on their professional careers. Uh, but you know, guys who who have a real shot, Dan, Danny Wolf, who uh, who uh, went to Yale University uh, and played on the basketball team there, was named to the all tournament team. Uh, which I'm sure is a is a great honor for him. I'm not sure what's what's you know, up with him in his. In terms it feels of- like, it feels like you know there's isn't really much of an and there's sort of an, a never ending stream of Jewish athletes who happen to go to Yale. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think it's funny to think like a, a guy who plays basketball at Yale, like maybe um, is like good enough to to play overseas somewhere after they graduate. Like you know, uh, might not be might not make the the NBA, but like you know, could could make a, a pro roster abroad. Obviously, if he's good enough to uh, to to play at U twenty and make the all tournament team. Dan, Danny's also seven feet tall, so like he is he is maybe the tallest Jew we've ever had. Um, and, 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 and <laughs> as, as a person, yeah, exactly. Just, just in general. Um, so maybe that like, again, like tall guys are always going to be in demand and, and have a spot, but also like, I feel like, well, he could also just like go intern at an investment bank and like do really well, uh, career wise. I don't know what his major is. You know, I don't know what his interests are. I'm just saying like guy goes to Yale. He's probably going to do okay. Like regardless. So yeah, like, he's going to be fine. Like grinding it out for 40 for, for like, 14,000 a year uh, in, in like a division two uh, uh, Finnish basketball league, like might not be worth it. Uh. I mean, for a, for a couple of years, but you want, you think a guy like that, you know, someone, someone's going to want to hire him. Right. Some Jewish guy is going to want to say, I want that guy working for my company. Yeah, go. It's okay. You can, you can go play, play your game and then come back and, and help me do some math tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think the idea of uh, like a seven, I, I don't know if there's, any uh, other um, profession that like benefits from height, obviously, obviously, like basketball is like number one, like way up there. And then, like, sure, there's other fireman? there's other sports. See, I don't know because as a fireman, sometimes you need to get into like tight spaces and stuff like that. Like, how I know about, there's how about like like a zookeeper to what hang with the giraffes, like just to be there. I think so to like trim, a, give a giraffe a haircut. Uh, that, that, that's an interesting point. I mean, I think that the, that's what ladders are for. I don't know that like natural height is strictly needed for that. And, and I think like, um, you know, there's lots of studies about, you know, our, our, uh, our, our um, uh, patriarchal society, whatever, like tall, tall men are, are tend to be more successful in life and things like that. Uh, statistically, but like, I don't know if they've measured like seven foot tall dudes and like, yeah. and like, you know, if this guy becomes a, uh, an investment banker or a hedge fund manager, like, is he just like, is he just like able to, you know, it, it, intimidate people or, or just people so it, so wowed by his seven it, footness, you know? I, I'd like to see Jewish some data sports, on that. 
It, totally. Is is it a Jewish sports question to ask who the tallest Fortune 500 CEO ever was? Oh, interesting question. I know I know that Bill Gates' dad, who I don't know if he was ever a Fortune 500 CEO, but he was a big um, a big business executive. I think but, he was a big lawyer. Oh, is he a lawyer? Okay, but he was a lawyer for for like big companies, I think, in Seattle. But yeah. I think he's like 6'11 or something like that. Not Jewish, but, really? but like that's the only person I can think of who is like super tall in the business world. I'm sure I'm sure there's lots been lots of other people, but um anyways i I think it's very cool as a as a as like a reasonably tall person i'm like in in (laughs) awe of people who are like six eight and taller i just think it's like the coolest thing oh yeah it's 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 amazing um you know i i you don't think about you know how this stuff other sports where this matters and you know jewish guys don't really have the the experience of being that tall i remember you know something that nate fryman um of the uh you know of the former team Israel world baseball classic team said, you know, back in the day, one of the anti-Semitic comments he would get is that like people didn't know that Jews were that tall. Right. Um, and we might've on this podcast referred to him as the tallest Jewish person. Um, but now we've got another one. Yeah. Denny of Dia is also probably taller too. Yeah. Omri Caspi, any of the basketball players, the non-basketball uh, division. Uh, mo- um, moving, anyway. just, just one more thing I wanted to mention uh, before we get to the interview. I wanted to give a shout out uh, and a muzzle tub to Daniel Weinman, who is the two, 20, 2023 world champion of the World Series of Poker main event. He won the $10,000 uh, World Series of Poker main event. Uh, it's, it's only worth ten thousand dollars. The buy-in is ten thousand dollars. <laughs> the take-home game is twelve million dollars. Um, wow! A huge prize, twelve million one hundred thousand. He took down. Uh, he took down the, the final table. He beat out a total of ten thousand and forty-three other players. Uh, it, it's a huge win. I, I think it, you know by obviously the 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 win, the biggest win of anyone's career. Um, it gets a little splashy towards the end of the main event, um, just because like. I think they're all sort of they've all sort of cut a deal one way or another. I don't know the actual details of it. Like if they if they've announced that they they cut a deal, you know, they sort of they all take points on each other's on each other's stakes and stuff yes. like that. But I think he you know he's a pro pro player. Um, he he's a guy you know who's been a grinder. I don't think he has any like huge caches that I know of uh, or that are listed online. But this is a huge win. I mean, it's it's twelve million dollars. It's a life changing amount of money. No matter how it's split or, or who owns a piece of it or whatever, like that's that's an insane amount of money. Uh, so good yes. good for him. Um, you know, I did a little research in here. Yeah. Um, he is not the first Jewish person to win the World Series of Poker. No. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, they're actually, uh, uh, I don't want to say overrepresented, but um, we are only uh, four, five years away, six years away from Scott Blumenstein. Right. Um, from New Jersey winning it uh, back then as his biggest, um, you know, win main event. Um, there's also a hall of famer who won the 1981 world series of poker. Um, he's won three different times, actually, uh, Stu Unger. Yes. Hall of famer. Who's Unger, uh, you know, uh, Unger won 80, 81 and, uh, and 97. I think that was like his big comeback. I, I would, yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't say recommend, but if you are interested in the world of gambling and, or Michael Imperioli, uh, he starred <laughs> in a made for TV movie, uh, biopic where he plays Stu Unger and it is like wow I wouldn't say it's like I wouldn't say it's good per se like like it's it, it's definitely like it is a it is a TV movie like it has I think that sort of quality but it does sort of um I think get into the details of of how he sort of won these crazy games and 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 you know his 
he, he was sort of like a gambler's gambler. Um, yes. And, uh, what? you know, it, it, it's Michael Imperial. He's, he's definitely doing like, it, I would say it's a character that's not that different from Christopher from The Sopranos. Um, but it's worth, it's worth checking. It's worth checking out if you think that would be interesting to you. If any of this sounded interesting, watching a movie about legendary poker player Stu Unger, then, then check out uh, High Roller, the Stu Unger story. I got to assume um, that seems like the kind of movie that's streaming on YouTube. Like it wouldn't be that hard to find. It's not, it's not pirated per se. It's just available. So check it out. Yeah. There's what a couple of interesting things about, you know, Stu Unger and you're talking about Michael Peel early and this guy, like he's obviously a poker legend and you read about his life and you learn about his life. And like, like he is everything you hope and expect right. like a, a, professional gambler to be like he's lost one and lost lifetimes worth of money betting on like coin flips in the hallways of hotels and and stuff like that you know there's a, a famous story about Stu Unger is that you know he was so good at counting cards in blackjack that he was banned globally like there was not a casino in the world right. that would let him play blackjack um because he was that famous for being such a good poker player and a good blackjack player um but you know he's he's sort of I guess maybe the greatest Jewish gambler of all time since I don't know Maimonides tested bloodletting for the first time. When uh, when Solomon said cut the baby in half, that was the that was the greatest Jewish gamble of all time, and it worked out. Yeah, that was the biggest bluff. That was that no, was the biggest bluff in Jewish history until Stuart Unger at the nineteen eighty seven final table. The big well, I mean, no one can no one can compete with the the big one with with the big guy. But uh, you know, go take your son and sacrifice him on that uh, on that hill over there. Just kidding. Here's a ram. That that's probably the that's got to go down as the biggest bluff in history. Yeah, uh, that's one of the top top three <laughs> Jewish bluffs. No God, God, God's range is is pretty wide. You know, like he, he could be playing anything. Uh, he, he's playing. That's true. God, yeah, you have yeah. no idea the size of his stack. Take, Absolutely no idea. Taking a do seven to the showdown because it's just like at the end of the day, you can just be like, actually, I had aces. So you know, it's it, it's no fun playing <laughs> against him. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. uh, that's enough degenerate uh, poker talk for us. I think um, you know if anyone ever wants to uh, hear us hear us talk more about about poker i i think we we're both on the side of, of poker being a sport um yeah yes, definitely absolutely. more a sport than it isn't a sport uh you know these the, this world series took like nine nine days to play like it's an, it's an insane amount of you know uh, stamina that that goes that goes into it so um congratulations to, to daniel wyman i mean it's a, it is a huge accomplishment to uh to, to win this thing it is it's absolutely terrific and and extremely cool um you know it's it's like you hear about the run of good luck, good luck and preparation can get you a lot of yeah. places. And that's really the, the combination of it. You absolutely need, some, cool. you absolutely need some luck. And I mean, he won a, a hand that was, uh, he had jacks and there was three, a three way all in before the flop. He had jacks. He went up against Queens and Kings and he hit a Jack and, you know, because of that, he, he stuck around. So there's always going to be some luck involved for anyone who wins this thing. And, uh, you know, the luck was on the side. So muzzle tov to, to Daniel, um, would love to speak, to him. would love, would love to speak to him sometime. I'm sure, I'm sure it's, incredibly busy time right now for him and you can only imagine one one it, it's nice to win 12 million dollars in vegas i feel like that's the right place to win it like you can you can put some of that to, to good use pretty quickly and and lastly yeah you know before we get to the interview one other sort of possibly jewish follow-up i want to follow up during the tokyo olympics two years ago we searched long and hard for any of the skateboarders to be jewish we sure. thought that would be really cool if there was a jewish skateboarder we found a PhD student, an active PhD student from France, whose name was Charlotte Heim, 
and there was not a lot of information about her. It is hard to find out whether or not she is Jewish. Most of the information is related to her PhD that is available publicly on the internet. However, following her on Instagram, she appears to be spending a lot of time uh, shredding in Israel. I don't know if Israel has a big enough skate scene for non-Jews from France to just show up (laughs) one day and start grinding rails on the Tel Aviv boardwalk. Right. Um, So I think this is a piece of evidence for Charlotte Heim being Jewish. If there are any French-speaking skate fans out here, uh, reach out and we'll we'll see if we can use your skills to to let us know this. That's great. And She's a Red Bull athlete as well. That's great. And, you know, we'll continue to follow up with her or or this and uh, see if she makes it back to the 2024 Olympics, uh, which are which are going to be in Paris. So I think for like France, France gets an automatic entrance uh, entrant for it. So uh, it'll definitely have women skateboarders uh, appearing. So maybe it'll be her or maybe somebody else. But uh, absolutely. She, One thing that's great about um about Charlotte Heim is when you Google her, the answer is French neuroscientist and skateboarder. That's pretty cool. That, that's like real, yeah. like uh, Lisa Simpson winning the uh, Nobel Prize for kickboxing in Homer's <laughs> in Homer's fantasy. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Neuroscientist and skateboarder. And, Here's her PhD from Paris Descartes wow. University in cognitive neuroscience. Uh, anyways, let's move on now to your interview with Andrew Crystal. Joining us now from Vancouver is Andrew Crystal and from Toronto, the co-host of Menschwarmers, uh, the Jewish sports podcast of the CJN. And we're doing a cross promo, a cross episode, like the Flash and the Avenger. I don't know. Um, <laughs> There's the CJN uh, Cinematic Universe is coming yeah, together. Yeah, the MCU, JCU yeah. Jewish Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Welcome to both of you. It's great to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Mazel Tov, I guess we can say that. Congratulations on this giant week and a half for you yeah no it's been uh it's been really kind of whirlwind of a, a few weeks here so um it's been kind of nice to now finally get back home and, and relax a little bit but it's been awesome so thank you you get drafted you go to training camp you get all the stuff done in washington and then you sign right so that's the last step but can we go back a little bit to what you just did for the last week when you were in washington and all the things that a you made they made you do what can you just talk a little bit about what that was like yeah um so yeah basically I was in Nashville before for the for the draft and then I got I got picked and um the same day I got picked they flew uh they flew me out to Washington right away so it was um you know pretty fast and then I got down to to DC and the whole camp was kind of just you know you're on the ice and and working out and at the facility and um just kind of hanging out with all the prospects and and meeting the the coaching staff and the management and um they they let us go out and do some fun stuff On, on July the 4th we went to uh a memorial and watch the fireworks and um you know it was pretty cool so um it was a pretty uh awesome you know week that we got there and um you know we didn't do anything really too crazy did you get like hockey card photos and uh what kind of stuff did they do to sort of initiate you yeah i think the initiation was more like at the at the draft i guess with all the photos and the media and stuff like that i think once you kind of get picked and go down to washington it was a little bit more more relaxed and more just kind of, um, you know, you're, you're kind of settling in a little bit. So it's a little bit uh, different that way. Well, you had to play in a tournament, right? And your team won, the great team won. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We got a three on three tournament at the end. So um, it was kind of cool to, to come out on top of that. Well, that's it. But what did you have in your mind to prove or show or what was the, so what's at stake for you in that, in that tournament? Cause it wasn't just a fun, you know, backyard tournament. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, uh, 
when you go to an NHL camp, you're putting on, you know, an NHL jersey. It's it's pretty special. So you want to go out there and, you know, prove yourself and, you know, prove them, you know, right for picking you and uh, proving your worth, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, I wanted to have a good camp so I can hopefully um, get the contract that they, um, you know, at the end gave to me. So I think that was kind of what was at, at stake a little bit. And, you know, then again, you're just kind of going out there and, um, you know, a little three on three tournaments, pretty fun. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff uh, going on. Have any of the NHL players reached out to you since you were signed? by the team, even though you didn't physically meet them. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's an alumni that, um, you know, reached out Carl Osner used to play on, on the caps and he's reached out to me and, um, texted me, um, you know, congrats and that I'll love it there. And then, um, you know, an old friend of mine, uh, Vincent Iorio also plays in uh, the AHL. So not the NHL yet, but he, uh, played a couple games there this year. And, you know, he also texted me to congratulate me. So there's definitely a, a few guys that reached out. All right. So when you meet, Alex Ovechkin, have you practiced what you're going to say? Or you're just going to just stammer and drool and be like stunned, right? Yeah, I probably won't say too many words. I'll probably just like hopefully shake his hand or, you know, look at him and uh, probably be smiling a lot. So it's going to be pretty surreal uh, if I got to meet him. The first time, just to jump in here, the first time I ever saw Ovechkin play live, because I'm from Toronto, so it was a Leafs game against Washington. Yeah. It, it looked like he was an adult playing against children. Like, yeah. that's how much better he was than absolutely everybody else. And, like, every time he got on the ice, like, the whole game shifted to be around him. And you are you might be on that same ice. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane to kind of think about, um, you know, even a little bit. It's kind of, uh, you know, crazy. I watch him growing up so much. And now I'm kind of in the same organization, I guess, and under, you know, same contract, I guess, to the same team. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Except he's 19 years older than you. But that's another story, yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> <laughs> but your stick, your stick is not an Ovechkin curve. I learned your stick is someone from Toronto's curve. Yeah, it is. Austin <laughs> Matthews curve. Yeah. And what so, is the number? I'm not a, I don't have, I know about sticks from like my yeah. kids when they played rep, but nothing like professional. Why is that stick work for you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's called like a P92. Um, I think it just works for me because like there's a, a good forehand where you got, you know, a little bit of a curve on it, but um, I definitely like to use my backhand a lot. So it's, you know, not too curvy. I think Ovechkin uses, you know, a really big hook. So um, maybe not, not on his back end as much as, you know, I kind of like to be, but um, that's just kind of what worked for me. So, yeah. So now that you're in the art, the organization, do you get to t tell them what kind of stick you want or not until you actually join the full-time roster? Um, yeah, I think not really until I kind of join the full roster. I'm still kind of with uh, Kelowna right now. So um, it kind of goes through them a little bit, but yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. You brought it up, so let's jump on that. Gabe, um, on your show last week, there were some predictions about what would happen to yeah. Andrew. Why don't you, uh, you since you said it, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, uh, sure, you can hold me to this, man. I, I'm. It's just, uh, uh, I think, you know, you're you're a high pick. You're a second round pick. Like ultimately, and I'm sure you know this. Like you're going to get a chance to make the team. Um, and like to what, like, how is that affecting you now? Like, what is your plan? What is your hope for training camp? Like, where is the Kelowna versus Washington come for the next 12 months for you? 
Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, you know, obviously you're going to camp and, you know, you want to put your best foot forward and, um, you know, yeah. work your hardest and, you know, whatever happens happens, I guess at the end of the day, um, right now, I think the the thinking that I'll be in, you know, Kelowna and, you know, keep, keep yeah. developing as a player and, um, keep getting better. But at training camp, I think the the thing that I want to do most is just kind of, you know, be a sponge and, and learn, um, you know, there's going to be a ton of NHL players and kind of like we said, Ovechkin and, and all these guys and, you know, great players like Backstrom and Carlson. So, uh, I think mm-hmm. for me, just, you know, competing against them and, you know, trying to learn as much as I can. Okay. So there's an issue. Training camp is on Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, you, you're aware of that. How are you going to navigate that? Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be pretty tricky, I think. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of ways away, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's going to be a little tricky. Has it ever occurred to you, any time in your career, have you ever been tempted to, like, pull a Sandy Koufax and and sit out on a holiday? This year, actually, um, I fasted on, on Yom Kippur. Uh, and yeah. I had a game that day. So I didn't sit the game out, but I, I fasted as kind of long as I could and ate my, you know, pregame meal, like, right before the game so um that was kind of the only time where it's ever kind of intertwined at all so um yeah no i've been pretty lucky that way but yeah one year i don't know if you know this story do you know who kevin euclid is he was a jewish player played for the white Sox, and one year on yom kippur they delayed the game an hour so it'd be after sundown because he was like a star player and he was like i'm not playing it's yom kippur and then they made the game start at 8 30 so the sun would be down and he could eat and play Wow, that's awesome. So maybe some inspiration there. One day. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it was in the winter in Kelowna, so the sun set pretty early, which was lucky for me. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it was good. Do you care? Do you notice when other pro athletes are Jewish? Oh, yeah, definitely. You definitely know. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool to kind of see that in, in the NHL. And I got to Washington and um, a couple of the, the training staff were also Jewish. And they kind of mentioned to me that, yeah, no, they were. And, you know, we stick together a little bit. So that was funny. But, um, totally. you know, looking at it a little bit, it's definitely cool. Something we hear from a lot of athletes, we've talked to a few NHL players before and that like from any other sports that like when people know you're Jewish, like it doesn't really matter. Like it matters what team you play for, obviously, but like anywhere you go, there'll be opposing fans of the team that are cheering for you because you're the Jewish guy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, that happens basically all over. It happened in any sport. I mean, you're in Washington, you're going to go to Philly and there's going to be some Philly fan. That's going to be like, you know what? I'm cheering for that guy. He's Jewish. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So who was your favorite Jewish athlete growing up? Um, Growing up? Or now? Yeah, Either now. Or. I mean, now probably um, like Zach Hyman's pretty cool just because, you know, he's yeah. super open and, um, you know, he's obviously an unreal player. And I watch, you know, McDavid a lot and watching him play. It's uh, pretty cool. And obviously he was at the least before and he was, you know, unreal there. So I think that's a guy. Uh, my dad was actually at the Maccabee games uh, or McCup. Yeah. And then yeah. Zach Hyman was there. Um, and like, I think he was mentioning that there, he was like sitting a couple rows behind him on the bus for the opening ceremony. So that's kind of a, another that's reason awesome. why we for him. On that Maccabee yeah. point, your dad played lacrosse for team Canada on the Maccabee a couple of times and the CJN covered the story and I'll send it to you because I found it in our archives that he was on the, the team and with a CFL player Noah Winokur. Noah Cantor, yeah. It was the rugby, the rugby team. Oh, rugby. I'm sorry. Why yeah. did I say lacrosse? Let's do that again. Your father played on the Maccabee. So I don't know why I thought lacrosse. Your father played on the Maccabee rugby team a couple of times in Israel. And but that's not hockey. So where did the hockey and athleticism come from in and who guided you in your family? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like my yeah, my dad I think only played like two years of hockey and he was a goalie growing up, so he didn't really love it too much. I think um just me and my brother got into it at an early age, being, you know, I guess still from Vancouver, hockey's kind of the main sport and you know, you're in Canada. So um I think we just kind of fell in love with it and you know, followed my brother's suit a little bit. Well, your sister's with the Canucks too, right? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a hockey family, which even though did she play too? No, yeah, so it's completely the opposite with her. She really didn't like hockey at all. She, uh, you know, wasn't too big of a fan. Um, and then she got to the NHL pretty quick. So uh, she kind of jokes about that sometimes. But um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. Back to the Jewishness part. You played in Kelowna. You played against places. Well, there are Jews in Kelowna. There's a nice Jewish community. They're a small one. Did you ever reach out to them? Or did you ever take part in any Shabbat dinners or whatever when you were in Kelowna? Um, it's a little bit harder just because the schedule is kind of so, uh, so tough. It's hard to, you know, get Fridays off at all. Like we're, we're always kind of either playing away or at home, but, uh, yeah, there's, uh, people in kind of the Jewish community reach out to me and, um, stuff like that. So it was really nice, but, um, you know, definitely hard to, to get some time off. And how do you feel like you said Zach Hyman is kind of the, the role model and he's out publicly and talks about anti-Semitism on different shows and what have you. And then there's like, other players who are Jewish, but sort of don't, it's not part of their persona, like the, the you know, Luke and, and Quinn Hughes and stuff. So where do you feel you're going to fit in that to represent or to just be yourself and play and, and not sort of be the Jewish NHL player, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. Yeah. I like to represent, I think I, you know, grew up with it and, um, you know, my, my family's Jewish and, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in it. So, um, it's definitely not something that I'm going to be, you know, shy of at all. So, um, yeah, no, hopefully kind of, you know, fall in, in Zach's footsteps a little bit. I hope you, you and, and Devin Levy are the new generation of young Jewish NHL players. Yeah. Um, it's the two of you to carry the torch right now until more guys, your age, there's also shy boom who got drafted the same year as, as, um, as Luke did, I think. Um, and obviously the three Hughes brothers. Yeah. And there's a guy that guys. played with you on the under 18 page. What's his name? Sage. Ice. What's his name? Oh, uh, Sage Weinstein. Yeah. From Edmonton. He isn't he Jewish. He must be Jewish. I think so. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I a a non-Jewish Sage Weinstein would probably be a new record. We do a segment on our show called the Mike Jacobs all-stars where it's players who sound Jewish, but aren't Jewish. Oh, that's um, right. that's and he hilarious. would be like a new, you know, currently our champion, I think is Jacob Silverberg. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think uh, Sage Weinstein would be the next one. Yeah. No, he isn't or he is. No, he I think he is. That's, I think that's, he is yeah. yeah. I'm not too sure actually though. Have you encountered anti-Semitism at all in, in your life, including in hockey and how do you deal with it? Yeah. Um, for me, I think, you know, I've been pretty fortunate to not really, you know, face, face any, um, to be honest, like I, yeah, I think for me, it's been pretty smooth and I have a lot of, you know, Jewish friends and there's a lot of people, um, in my community for sure that, um, you know, are in the same kind of situation as me. So I think I've been pretty lucky that way to, to not really face anything. So chirping, none of that stuff or. No, not really. Yeah. That's do great. You, do you wear a Magain David or a red string or any sort of Jewishy? jewelry with you or carry talismans with you uh no yeah i don't wear like a, a chain or anything or um you know wear kind of anything really um i i, I don't know just kind of didn't really grow up with it so what's your what's your hebrew name uh abraham Ooh, that's good yeah that's good would you so something zach hyman did you put out a jersey with his name in hebrew would yeah. you do that 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I don't, I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, and for for the next Rosh Hashanah game, season opener, it's Yom Kippur. That's the Andrew Crystal Hebrew name jersey day. It yeah, is on exactly. their season opener is on Yom Kippur. Exactly. You're number 28 with Kelowna. Will you get to keep that number with Washington or do they make you change? Um, yeah. So at the development camp, I was I was still number 28. Um, so at the moment, yeah, it's it's still mine. I actually my number growing up was 14, but uh in Kelowna it was it was taken already. So they just doubled 14 and and gave me 28. So that's kind of how it started. But um yeah, I, nobody has it yet in in uh Washington. So unless someone kind of comes along and grabs it, then I mean, yeah, it could be mine, but we'll see. We would like to know if you had a hockey themed bar mitzvah. No, I didn't actually. I think it was a YouTube thing. My brother had a hockey night in Canada, so uh, I my parents didn't want to do it twice, so I, I did a YouTube one. Okay. That's the best answer to that question we've ever had. My brother had it before me, so I yeah. wasn't allowed. Is yeah, exactly. so you have, to, you have to do a Drake rebar and do something when you're 30 or something, right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's fantastic. Now that you're under contract, you're off a little bit for the summer, right? Or do you have to be in doing weight training? What do you have to do? Yeah, I just yeah st- work in the gym and and you know weight train and um, also on the ice, kind of just practicing and you know keep getting better. Even though it's you know the off season, you want to come uh, prepared to to go when you know camp starts and, and the season begins. So, are you allowed now that you're under contract to play inline hockey with Connor Bernard, or is that like off limits? Because if you break something, <laughs> uh, no, they haven't said anything. So um, we actually have a game tomorrow. So I'll be I'll be suiting up. I'm not something told not to, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, well, this is what I was going to say. Let's talk a bit about Connor went first. Yeah, we're there. Let's go back a little bit to draft day because you mentioned at the beginning, but I really want to get more into that if that's okay. Yeah, of course, everybody knew Connor was going to go first, and that was not a big like you knew that it wasn't upsetting to you. Yeah, walk us through how that day went day one with all the glitz and the television cameras, and you're sitting there with your family on Spilkas going, What's my name? Like, how do you process that? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It's, you know, hard to even kind of put into words how the whole night kind of went. It was a lot of, yeah, kind of like you said, glitz and glamour. And, um, you know, it was kind of a production. Um, So it was was pretty cool kind of being there and, you know, seeing the name get called. And, you know, unfortunately, mine did it. Uh, Didn't get called that night, but um, got called pretty early the the next day. So it was, you know, still a a great, you know, couple of days for me. But, um, you know, it was a super cool experience to kind of go down there and, you know, be a part of that. When they have all this media stuff, like I'm sure your Instagram followers have tripled or whatever in the last <laughs> few days, right? You got 4,000 views on your your tricks, your hockey tricks, your, your you know, that video that they just put up. Like yeah. that's a lot to get used to all this leap into the media sphere. How do you, who's coaching you on how to handle that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think really anybody's, you know, coaching me too much. I think, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to do a lot of it kind of uh this past year and uh, i think i'm pretty comfortable now so um you know the people you know my family and you know the people that are kind of around me you know trust me that i'll you know I'll be able to do a decent job on on the air i guess you could say so um yeah i just kind of try and be myself and um you know it, it works out usually but gabe and i were wondering you know before when people start in the nhl they actually have personalities and then as they get to be more yeah. famous they don't say anything because they're yeah. you know they have to be like trained so have you yeah, at what point at what point are you are you only just gonna dig deep and put some pucks in the net and and you know just work hard out there like yeah. how, can, how long can you keep giving real answers yeah i think i mean hopefully i won't uh you know i'll keep being myself and you know keep the same personality i think uh, it's definitely a part of the game that 
Um, you know, it's definitely going to become, you know, a lot more open to, you know, kids my age when they start kind of getting in the league. A lot of guys, are, you know, have big personalities and, you know, like to talk a little bit. So, um, you know, I don't think uh, I'll be, um, you know, giving those quick answers anytime too soon. That's awesome. I mean, I think it's part of your generation. Like it's, I wish I love Gen Z as like an, as a millennial, you guys are like, you have so much personality and it's great. Um, <laughs> you know, I wish, I wish like my friends were cool. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, um, I got one more question for you. It's sort of a Judaism related question, but you've got some pretty impressive hockey hair going on. Do you have any like goals for the lettuce? <laughs> um nothing too crazy uh I just kind of like it when it's like a little bit longer and kind of a flowy look I guess so yeah it's a, uh, it's really flowy it's yeah, like exactly it's, do you have it does it come out of the back of your helmet is that like that sort of salad yeah yeah it kind of comes out the back which I kind of like a little bit so um you know I I try and grow but during the season I, I you know I kind of have to keep it a little bit clean but um no I definitely like to kind of grow it out in the summer I think I think Judaism and hockey their closest the closest thing that the two cultures are together is good hair. Yeah, exactly. Well, wait, wait, Gabe. What about the Hart Trophy? That is the most Jewish thing in hockey, besides the owners of the teams. <laughs> like Seattle, yeah. for example, Mitch Garber, whatever. Yeah. You won an award in grade seven in 2014. You were called Mensch of the Month at the school <laughs> at Vancouver Talmatora for doing an act of kindness. Do you remember what that act of kindness was and what this whole mensch of the month thing is? It's better than like MVP. So I need to know. <laughs> no, I remember the mensch of the month. I, I don't really know what I did, to be honest. Um, unfortunately, I, I can't really remember, but uh, I remember they uh, kind of give that out of the word, that award out. So, yeah. So, I mean, between the heart trophy and the mensch of the month, that's the most recent one, right? That you can get. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I think everyone in the class actually ended up getting it. Like, <laughs> Any names there yeah. and a video but i can't i i didn't want to play it here okay so, yeah that's pretty cool now i want to ask one last thing so you um played for canada in two international team uh, tr uh tournaments last year so not too many people know about those gabe you can help me with this better the under 18 team canada mm -hmm. they won the bronze in um in that tournament and how was it to represent canada because you haven't gone to the maccabea right so this is like at the big stage for you how was that for you to rec to represent your country yeah i've been uh able to kind of do it a, a couple times uh so it's been you know pretty pretty crazy to be able to put on you know a jersey to to represent your whole country and you know a nation that kind of you know supports you the, the whole way through the tournament and you know watches your games and um you know it's, it's pretty awesome so to be able to do that it's been uh pretty surreal for me and um you know growing up and I, I never really knew if i you know be able to put that jersey on and you know represent my country at all so it's uh, it's pretty cool would you ever be in the Maccabea? Can you be in the Maccabea now that you're on a pro contract to represent Canada for like your dad did? Yeah, I'm not sure if that affects it. Uh, I'd definitely be open to it. I think the the Maccabea was when I was at the Ivan Halinka Gretzky tournament mm -hmm. with uh, Team Canada. So wasn't able to play in that. I had some of my friends play in that. 30 years from now, you and Zach will be on the seniors team, like yeah. the 50 and up team. You yeah. guys can play together with all three where I guess there's five Hyman boys, but you can play with the, with all of them. And, yep. and Andrew Crystal right there in the like the post men's league. That'll be awesome. <laughs> pretty good team. Yeah, it's a pretty good team. Absolutely. Devin will be there too. Yeah. And the Hughes brothers will come maybe. And, and, exactly. and I have the list literally right here of all the Jewish players that I'm going to read them to you. 
Mike Camilleri, Marty Turco, the Hugheses, Matthew Schneider, Josh Hosang, but he's in he's in KHL now, not right. Yeah. Uh, Mike Brown, Jason Demers, father side, Adam Fox. Yeah. Help me, Gabe. Uh, Jacob yeah. Schitzrun, Mark Friedman, Pittsburgh. Uh, Luke Coonan. I hope I said that right. Nate Thompson, but he's in, but he converted to marry. And then, yeah, we actually we had Nate on our show. Had Nate. Um, yeah, we had Nate. Great guy. Really, really yeah. good dude. Um, loves Jewish baked goods. <laughs> like he, you know, his thing. Whenever he goes to new cities, he finds a Jewish bakery. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a good like he's like hunting for rugelach all over the NHL. <laughs> um, cool guy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So the last thing you mentioned that these little um, sort of su- not superstitions, but like habits or quirks, Gabe, that that Jewish players that you mm-hmm. talked about like to do. Every hockey player has superstitions or things that you do. Can you tell us what yours are or your routines uh, that you're lucky or unlucky routine? Yeah, um, I think I'm like pretty like kind of go with the flow with that stuff. There's one kind of that I usually do. It's when I get changed, I go from right to left. Um, so I put my right side of my gear on then my left. So that's kind of the only real superstition that I have and that I'm, I'm pretty easy going. And is that, is that like, like full on right side? Like you've got a right socket, a tied up right skate before your elbow pad even goes on. Or is it like, like, it's like, you know, you're down like this, like your whole body. Half no, so it's like, on. yeah, I go like, <laughs> so it'd be right sock, left sock, right. Uh, okay. Right knee pad, left knee pad, and then right skate, left skate, kind of kind of that side of thing and then okay but this is not because we write from right to left in hebrew this is not having to do with that or is it <laughs> no uh that would be actually cool if it is i guess but uh no i just kind of what i felt most comfortable with yeah i didn't even realize that but yeah maybe i'll say that now that's it you yeah can use that's, it. yeah you can use it free i'm okay, not thank you yeah, because when uh, you know when vancouver uh, when the canucks come to vancouver maybe that's when you know you'll get to have your debut at yeah. home on yeah. march the 16th right yeah the circle so, date i have circled the date i mean my and this is nothing to do my son's favorite player has always been washington he's always been ovechkin and then when the, a couple of years they lost and he burned his hat on the driveway with fire because he was wow. so upset and he wow yeah but he that's so but we never asked you what your favorite team was growing up we tossed your players but we never yeah. asked you if you had a favorite team so I want to, I mean, I see Canucks in the, on your wall, but yeah, it's a pretty easy answer. It's yeah, definitely the Canucks. So, um, yeah. And who is your favorite Canuck? Uh, either the Sedin brothers or Alex Burroughs growing up. Yeah. Those Did you the, ever meet uh, them? I met the Sedins. Yeah. Uh, Burroughs as well, actually. So yeah, I was pretty lucky to, to be able to meet them. Did he bite you? <laughs> no, Sorry, that's a, that's a, uh, from a Leafs fan. I got to go right for it. Yeah, Even I wasn't right. going to ask that question. I <laughs> thought about it. Yeah. So is there anything you want um, our listeners to understand about what this whole process has been like for you? Because all your, you know, you've had friends that have gone through this stage, but when you actually have a baby, that's the only way you know what it's like to have a baby. And everyone can tell you, but until it happens to you, you don't really, and right, Gabe? Till you yeah, get totally. totally. Well, you wouldn't know your wife, I'm talking, but you know. Yes. So <laughs> what has it been like that you didn't expect or that surprised you? Do you know what I mean? Because people yeah. prepared you, but then yeah. you no, I think it's definitely a, a, like a roller coaster of emotions. You're going up and down a lot. And, um, you know, it, it all happens so fast. You blink of an eye and, you know, you're back home sitting, you know, in your kitchen or on your living room and, you know, just watching TV again. So it's uh, pretty crazy. And, you know, if I, yeah, just kind of go back or give someone advice or just kind of take it all in and um, enjoy every moment of it. Now, that sounds like a player that's on media training. <laughs> 
right? Um, I did have one quick question before we go. Two things. Is there a one, one Jewish, not one hockey related hockey related. What's your favorite barn you've ever played in? Um, probably, I mean, the Rogers in, in Edmonton was pretty crazy to, to go on there. Yeah. It's, uh, that was awesome. Yeah. It was it's packed. Stunning. It's too. beautiful. Yeah. It was yeah. Packed out. And was this for the under 18s? Or no, was this, this was for... actually for a special Jersey night for the Edmonton Oil Kings. That's uh, awesome. They had a bunch of kids down there and it was like, yeah, yeah. pretty crazy. That, and second question, uh, if there's a Jewish food that you could never give up, what would it be? Ooh, uh, for me, I think it's just like God be Like it's just like, yeah. uh, I'm a pretty big bread, bread guy. So it's, yeah, it's pretty easy. Or matzo ball soup. I think those are the two. Yeah. Matzo ball soup is a classic. We've heard from uh, some, I guess it was an NFL player. He chugged pickle juice on the sidelines and that oh, wow. was his like way of electrolytes, but also it was Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, my god, imagine cool. breathing with him on the in the huddle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Thanks, Gabe, so much yeah. for being Thank you so much. This is great. This Thanks, Andrew. It's been great to have you on the CJN Daily. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks again to Andrew for joining us. Uh very cool to hear him talk about Zach Hyman. Um, you know, someone we've had on the show, someone who I think Canadian Jews have a lot of affection for. Hockey, hockey, hockey fan Jews have a lot of affection for. Um, because of how he's embraced the Jewish community. So great to see another, you know, young hockey player do the same, you know, sort of following that uh, in that in that in that footpath. Absolutely. Um, you know, we we've had Zach on the show before. He's a very nice guy, very proud of being Jewish. And Andrew absolutely is, too. If you couldn't tell from the interview that that kid is is sort of like loves the culture. Yeah, he's doing it for the culture, doing it for the culture. Um, yeah. And and is proud of of his background. Um, proud of his family and sort of wants to make a mark for himself as a proudly Jewish athlete, similar to the way Zach has done. So it's very cool to see the community starting to like build on itself a little bit in that way. Right. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to end it there. Uh, as always, we're brought to you by the Canadian Jewish News. Uh, you can find our podcast, articles, everything else at the Canadian Jewish News website, thecjn.ca. Uh, we're produced by Michael Freeman, And you can find us on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle is Menschwarmers. Um, we continue is, is to be there. Twitter still around? Twitter still around. We're still tweeting up a storm every now and then, retweeting Jewish sports stories, uh, keeping keep, you know keeping keeping tabs on Jews all around. So uh, find us there. I, I think a lot of people on Twitter these days keep tabs on Jews. That's true. Uh, we might have to migrate to Blue Sky or Threads uh, at some point if if Twitter really goes under and we can create a new a new community of. Uh, of dudes keeping tab- tabs on Jews, but in a good way and, and in relation. That's to right. The good kind of people keeping tabs on Jews. Yeah. So like, and subscribe to this podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts and we will be back in your ears soon. <laughs>